0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: What the pell is up? Pelicans fans, my name. Is Elliot Clough, and this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Have an awesome pod ahead of us today with Jordan Moore, Boston Sports Reporter. He's been with Fox Sports, Prime Time Boston, and we'll hear a little bit more about that on today's pod, what he's done um, and what he is doing right now with his podcast as well. So some really good stuff today from myself and Jordan Moore. We're talking, of course, About that poll from yesterday, Natila Kina's fit, other free agents that the Pelicans could be losing or could be re-signing this offseason. We reviewed a couple of the matchups that the Pelicans had with Boston this season, and then, of course, talk about what if Anthony Davis was traded for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a couple picks. What would have happened for the Pelicans? What would have happened for Boston in that situation? If Jordan liked it, if I liked it. Truly, truly an interesting show today, to say the least. So here it is, my conversation with Jordan Moore with Fox Sports Boston and Primetime Boston. All right, and we are joined today by Jordan Moore. Given that the Pels just gave that uh, replay of the game versus Boston uh, in January, this is perfect timing. Very excited to have you on. So, um, But before we get into that, in this most recent episode of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, we had plenty of interaction on Twitter from Pelicans fans. Ran a poll. Um, what the final results were was 60% no to 30 40%—had to do the math in my head there—40% yes <laughs> um, uh, to bringing back Frank Jackson back at point guard for the Pels this upcoming season. And, um, Jordan, to get another sports guy's point of view, what are your thoughts on Frank Jackson? Do you think they, the the Pels should bring him back? Should should the Pels go after Frank natilla as a backup point guard instead?
0: Um. Yeah, I think— the, the is a good point guard that could fill in if jackson does leave i'm not really sure if, if the pelicans need jackson I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now um you know he's kind of a filling guy i think you you stated earlier that the pelicans can easily replace him and that's kind of really what the pelicans are going to be looking for in the in the free agent class coming up is, is guys that can replace the role players if they do decide to leave or if the pelicans don't decide to bring them back but frank jackson is a guy i mean he, he's averaging seven points average 5.6 i'm looking at right now um this season so far um but yeah i, I think that he's easily repl- replaceable and Um, I don't think Natalikina has found his, you know, gist in New York. I don't really know if he's the draft pick that they um, had hoped that he would turn into. So it's kind of, it's kind of would work out for both sides if, if he came to New Orleans from New York.
1: Uh, Our thoughts were here on the Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans podcast was that Jackson is a guy that has had a high ceiling for a long time coming out of Duke, was only there for one year as a freshman. And I, that just... Boggles my mind. I have no idea why he decided to head to the draft, but he did, um, and he came out, and the Pelicans acquired him uh, from the Hornets for cash considerations at the top of the second round in 2017, Um, but Natila Kina is another guy that has a high ceiling and probably a higher ceiling than Frank Jackson himself, so um, personally... I love the the replacement of Natilakina, and I don't know if you're on ESPN stat page or if you're on Basketball Reference or, or or what have you. But I said it last night. In if you look at Frank Jackson's last ten, it is god awful. Ten minutes a game, twenty seven point eight percent from the field, fifty seven percent from the line, and three point nine points per game.
0: Yeah, and and this year he's only he's only averaging. Five point six points, um, shooting thirty two percent from three, and thirty eight percent from the field. I just, I don't. I mean, that's a that's a below average player right now in today's NBA. To be honest with you, um, and you know, like we were talking about, Kina N- T- N- T- 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 has. Definitely, you know, had a higher ceiling with, you know, obviously the New York market and that kind of stuff. And honestly, guys like him and Lonzo Ball and even Zion, you know, he was he was a national player at Duke. And, you know, for him to go to a smaller market in New Orleans um, and for Lonzo to go from L.A. to a smaller market in New Orleans, it's good for players. Like it, it can be really good when these guys get out of the spotlight and just focus on themselves and their game.
1: Totally. And Natilla has been playing way more minutes than Frank Jackson has, considering how bad the Knicks have been the last few years. It's it's not really surprising. But another dimension that Natilla Kina adds is defense, and Frank Jackson just simply does not bring that. Natilla has got more confidence. I just think it's a way better fit for for New Orleans as opposed to Frank Jackson.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that's something that the the Pelicans really need to focus on too is the defensive side of the ball because you look – I mean, I haven't really followed the Pelicans besides the games that they they play the Celtics a lot this year and, you know, when the Pelicans are on national TV. But, you know, you look at the Celtics games and they're giving up 140, 123, 108. It's like – I mean, yeah, it's the NBA, but at the same time, like you see teams like even the you know the Celtics or uh, the Raptors, the Bucks are a good team that limit a lot of teams on the defensive side of the ball, and that's really how you win games. So, um, especially in the Western Conference, they're going to need to pe- need to play a lot of de- better defense.
1: You're exactly right. We've been talking about potential draft picks for the Pelicans here on the podcast. And the number one need is defense, either a three and D guy or a big post to protect the rim opposite of Zion, possibly to replace Derek favors in the future. So, um, That's been huge. The the Pels are ranked 18th in defense in the NBA, but they're top five in three-pointers. So clearly not a need on the offensive side of the ball when you've got guys like Zion, guys like Brandon Ingram, guys like Drew Holiday who can produce every night, but who can struggle on the defensive end of the floor, at least Zion, because he's young right now. And speaking of Derek Favors, we did want to talk a little bit about some other free agents that... uh, could leave New Orleans this upcoming week, uh, this upcoming offseason. This will definitely be a conversation later on in the New Orleans Pelicans, Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, but we did want to give Jordan a chance to share his thoughts here. Um, we've got four free agents listed that have contributed in at least a somewhat respectable amount this season. Brandon Ingram is the first one. Obviously, um, we've talked about it before on the Pelic- Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Um, Jordan, you said before we started recording, you don't see why Brandon Ingram would leave.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I think honestly, like like I was saying with Zion and Natila Tillakina, if he does decide to come to New Orleans and Lonzo, I think coming from that big market to the smaller market, they can really focus on their game. They don't have to worry about the outside world. Um, and that kind of stuff. I really think that new Orleans is a good place for Brandon Ingram. And honestly, I mean, I think he's done, um, I, I don't know too much about his numbers when he put with, uh, when he was with LA, but you know, I just think that compared to his demeanor and his style of play with the Lakers as opposed to the Pelicans, I just think that he looks like a totally different person, and he looks like he's really coming into his own. And um, I think he's what this is his fourth year in the league right now. So, um, and he's averaging twenty four a game. I mean, I just i I think that he's a really good player to have, especially with a young team like New Orleans.
1: Absolutely, you said it. He's a completely different player. He's averaging six points, six more points per game this season than he was his final year in Los Angeles up to like you said 24.3 last year it was 18.3 in Los Angeles Brandon Ingram a guy who is very very basketball oriented not a guy who wants to go out to clubs skipped his high school prom I don't know if you've heard that story Jordan yeah skipped his high school prom to to get shots up so he is a basketball guy through and through. And, and to mention what we said before the podcast started once again, uh, these, these next two guys, some very well-seasoned veterans, guys that we do love in New Orleans, but um, are, are pretty much role players. Etwan Moore, a shooter, a guy who can fill it up when necessary, um, and Derek Favors, a rim protector. Only playing about 24 minutes a game, but he's a very valued valued veteran on the roster in New Orleans are there any players that stick out to you that could be replaceable, uh, or that could replace these two this upcoming season? Should they leave? Should they sign somewhere else? Uh,
0: somewhere else? Looking at the the free agent, I'm just pulling up a list of free agents right now. Um, and I mean, if I'm looking, if I'm the Pelicans, what I want to do is obviously build around those young guys like Lonzo, Zion, and Brandon Ingram. Honestly, I think I think those three are really. Really crucial to, to their success, but um, you know, I, I found the Pelicans. I don't want to spend a lot of money on someone because I don't think it's it's necessary. Um, I'm not too sure about the the cap space and uh, the money that the Pelicans have um, this upcoming season. But you know, you look at guys that are sort of on the on the cheap side that could do the job for you: um, Kelly Olynyk, Mason Plumley. Um, if if Derek Favors does dis- decide to leave or, or go elsewhere. Um, even in, on the Boston side, Ennis Cantor, who is, you know, not really what you want if you're the Pelicans defensively, but you know, he can score. Um, and he honestly has come into his own in Boston right now, um, on the defensive side of the ball. I think Brad Stevens' defense has kind of made him play defense and, and their style of play. Um, but Robin Lopez, Robin Lopez too, all these guys are would, would replace, um, favors if the Pelicans do decide to move on or if favors decides to move on. Um, Brandon Ingram, I honestly, you know, I'm looking at, at the free agents, and I really can't think of a better fit um, than Brandon Ingram in New Orleans. I mean, did you have any any other thoughts on free agents to replace Ingram?
1: Yeah, I, I was really just talking about Derek Favors and Etuan Moore. I wasn't even thinking about Brandon Ingram. I am cool with paying him. Um, I am, I would love for him to come back. Like you said, it's a great fit. Um, he and Lonzo been playing together for a long time. I think he spread or he spreads the floor really well for uh, for, for Zion to work down low. Um, I I think that if the Pelicans let him go, that might be one of the worst de- decisions in franchise history.
0: Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm just looking at the cheaper cheaper side too. And Etwan Morris position um, Bogdanovich is a free agent. Um, tony snell courtney lee these guys evan fournier but i mean that's kind of getting on the high end um joe harris maybe from brooklyn um but honestly i mean that's a guy that's like i mean he's a really good shooter and it's not really on the on the shooting guard side slash point guard side you don't really have i mean for the price that um moore brings and um his shooting styles and, and offensive play. I don't really know if there's even a better fit there either. So, um, like you said, I just think the Pelicans really just need to find fill in role players that, you know, it's okay if you hadn't heard of them before coming to New Orleans because, you know, that's the kind of guys you need in your offense to really develop, especially when you already have big name guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and Zion. So um these are the kind of guys that Honestly, if I'm the Pelicans, I would just sit on and, and try to re-sign them.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the people of New Orleans absolutely love Etwan Moore. He's been referenced uh, to by the players as Uncle E. He's kind of the, the well, he's the uncle of the locker room with a bunch of young guys. And that couldn't be more valued in, in New Orleans right now with such a young roster. Guys like Etwan Moore, guys like Derek Favors, guys like J.J. Redick. Um, and, well... If anything, uh, other than their play, they're just great, calming uh, calming men to have in your locker room uh, that can lead a young franchise and, and teach these young guys a lot um, before they have to learn it themselves. And um, Looking at our last name here that we'll talk about on today's pod is Jaleel Okafor. Um, he had two games. I actually had a conversation with Ole, I believe his name is Ole Kosel. Um, he's the editor-in-chief at uh, the Bird Rights for SB Nation. We're talking about Jaleel Okafor and his value um, uh, on Twitter. And Okafor was absolutely necessary for the Pels to win in this most recent replay, not most recent, but one more recent replay of the game against the Pistons and a game against um, the Nuggets in late October. I believe that was on Halloween. Uh, but... You know, if you are essential for winning two games in what's been like a sixty-some game season, I don't know if that's worth bringing you back. I, I definitely think Julio Okufor is replaceable.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's just a guy that is a journeyman. I just feel like he—he he is one of. Now that I think about it, I mean, he was—he's just a total flop. Honestly, I just—I just don't see like he honestly has not really ever helped an NBA team. And like, that's kind of, you know, kind of downgrading to say, but at the same time, like he really hasn't. And I don't know who on the cheap side, um, like Okafor that you could get to replace him. But honestly, you know, that might be a draft need right there, um, at the center position, just a big guy to, you know, help the other guys develop, um, and I mean, what better, better young team to come in? A young center coming in to to learn around those guys. So I think if I'm the Pelicans, that's definitely a big draft need right there.
1: Sure, I, I would agree with you. And Okafor isn't really a rim protector to say the least. He's a he's a score first guy, um, but he only averages seven point six points per game. It's nothing that can't be replaced. Only averages fifteen minutes a game. So. I would say he's brought value to New Orleans, but he's not a guy that it's like, oh, we got to bring him back by any means. Um, And so it it would be easy to upgrade by just grabbing a rim protector, possibly signing Derek Favors and bringing Jackson Hayes back as well because Jackson Hayes definitely has a high ceiling um, with that incredible athleticism and the ability to throw down the basketball basically any way he wants to. Um, really enjoy watching Jackson Hayes play. I don't know if you've been able to see any of his highlights, Jordan, um, but he's a guy that definitely excites a lot of New Orleans Pelicans fans.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I've i watched him when um, I think he put it in at least one of the games um, against the Celtics this year. And, you know, he doesn't he's not a guy that like lights up the scoreboard every single night um but he's a guy that i mean he can go off at honestly any time and he's i mean i think it was one game um i think it was Jackson Hayes that he was just crazy on the defensive rebounding side of the ball and i was just like man this is really a guy that can you know develop because if i'm the pelicans all i want to do is just develop with lonzo with brandon ingram with zion because you know this team i think everybody can say it's it's probably a year or two away from really really competing and that's what you know i want that experience i think experience is just such a big thing in today's nba um and separates a lot of good teams from great teams and that's where i see in jackson hayes is just the ability to grow and the ability um to develop with the young guys um you know i mean he's he's a young guy too himself so um just that chemistry with everyone is really going to pay off in the end
1: absolutely in that first matchup with uh, the Celtics this season in Boston, Jackson Hayes did, up, did put up 20 points. Granted, he had a negative 27 plus minus, but basically everybody else did too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he definitely has a high ceiling, and he he showed out against the Celtics in Boston. Might have been in garbage time, but, but he did it nonetheless. Um, so, we talked about it a couple times. We referenced it a couple times on uh, today's podcast, but... Uh, looking at these two previous matchups between the Celtics and the Pelicans, that first matchup, well, they played two weeks apart and it was completely different games each time. That first matchup in Boston, the Pelicans didn't have Zion, JJ, Drew, or Derek favors and allowed 74 points in the paint. Jason Tatum went off for 41, um... Did you have any thoughts that really stuck out to you in that one other than, wow, the Celtics are really dominating the Pelicans in this
0: one? Yeah. I actually remember that game pretty vividly. And I just, um, yeah, Jason Tatum went off. Uh, I think Gordon Hayward had a good night. That was one of the games where Ennis Cantor, um really came into his own, too, for the Celtics. Um, but that's one of the games where I'm looking at, and I'm just like, the Pelicans really need defense. And I don't know if you saw it, but the. I think I mean if, if you see it in the Pelicans play but I mean that's a that's a major part especially in that Western Conference when you have scores and when you have even teams like that aren't at the top right now the Warriors is or another team that would be biding for that eight spot which is something that the Pelicans are hovering over a little bit even this year and you know they didn't even have Zion for a quarter of the season so or not even half the season so I mean that's a I, I, around that five to eight spots, really where the pelicans can even make the playoffs next year and um definitely in the next two or three years i would say and i think that they really just need to develop on that defensive side of the ball i'm not sure if it's alvin gentry's style of play style of defense or what but or maybe the players that they have but um, that's I giving up 140 in a game is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah, no Derek Favors, no Drew, two of the best defensive players on the roster on the roster. Excuse me, but still 140. Like you said, that's a, that's a lot of points. Whether Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and Brad Stevens and Kemba Walker are on the other team or not, um, that's a, that's a lot of points. Uh, and missing your top perimeter defender and uh, your best. Uh, rim protector as well um, certainly hurts but but it shouldn't hurt to the to the tune of 140 points. Um and in the other game that was just re-aired on Fox Sports New Orleans Pels defeated the the Celtics in New Orleans 123 to 108. Jason Tatum and Ennis Cantor, two big names that you just mentioned mentioned, didn't play for Boston. And for the Pels, JJ, Zion Drew, and Derek Favors were all back. So basically a completely different story. Zion put up 21 points in 27 minutes and Drew led the way with 25 for the Pels. Kemba putting up 35 for Boston. What were your thoughts in this one?
0: Um it's always it's kind of tricky when you're an, analyzing the Celtics and I'm sure it's it's the same way with any NBA team when they come off these um, I don't know if the Celtics. I'm trying to look right now if the Celtics were coming off a back to back or what, but I just I I hate the the whole sitting players on back to back or even I know the Celtics have done it a lot this year where they've sat players just randomly and. It's kind of mind-boggling, but um, yeah, but that's even even without those players that you said were out, um, that's a much better game from the Celtics, and that's what I'm, I mean from the from the Pelicans, and that's what I'm saying. Like they held the Celtics to 108, um, and I mean the Celtics, even with their bench, are a pretty pretty good scoring team. I think um, I'm looking at now, Kimball had 35, Jalen Brown 20, um, Gordon Hayward 23. So I mean that that's kind of still you know their their whole roster or most of their roster but um i mean that's that's a game where the pelicans that's a game where you look at and you say that's how they can play and it's kind of you kind of makes you look i mean they had a lot of players out in the in the game in boston so um that might be why they gave 140 but it's just like this is how that uh the pelicans can play um and it's just kind of crazy how it's two different sides of the ball
1: right right and 2 weeks apart um which, it was just pretty crazy and um for the most part boston did have a lot of their pieces you know kemba going off for 35 jalen brown was healthy um marcus smart played he banked a 3 which was the first score of the game if you didn't know that um uh but it, in that this game was was much closer than the other one, obviously. The the Celtics really ran away from the Pels in the first one, and uh, this was more of a contest. The Pels did lead the, the majority of the game, but um, uh, definitely a closer one in that one. Now, a, a topic that I hinted at last night, I kind of talked about the fallout of what would happen if uh, the Anthony Davis and Jason, Jason Tatum trade came to fruition rather than the Lakers giving up basically the whole ship (laughs) to get Anthony Davis in 2019, where the Pels acquired Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and three first-round picks. The thing that kept the Pelicans from going all-in with the Celtics is Danny Ainge was afraid to go all-in with the Pelicans. After what happened with Kyrie and what was basically bringing Kyrie in as a mercenary— um, Danny Ainge probably was a little bit frightful considering Anthony Davis only had one year left on his contract. Didn't want to bring the guy in and then have him leave either to Chicago or LA after that first year. But the question is, what if, uh, Danny, sorry, I couldn't think of his name there. <laughs> uh, what if Danny Ainge decided to go all in one more time and shipped maybe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to the Pelicans in order to acquire Anthony Davis, what would have happened? Is this something you would have supported, Jordan?
0: Uh, At the time, I didn't support it, and I'm so glad I didn't because... It just didn't make sense. And from covering the Celtics, you know that whenever – it's kind of weird because whenever there's a source out there or a report out there of the Celtics doing something in the trade line or the free agent market or something like that, it almost never happens. Like they're, they're tight. Boston's a very tight – all their sports teams are very tight-knit. They don't really let a lot of things get out. And so when – it's something like that where, um, you know, basically – it would be two superstars for for each other. Um I was never really optimistic that it would happen. I, I honestly didn't really want it to happen just because, um, first of all, I mean if if the Celtics would have given up Jason Tatum, I think personally Jason Tatum is the best player on the Celtics right now. Um I think with Kyrie leaving it's really, really opened uh him up to the to the player he can be. He's thrived and he's really becoming a, a superstar in the league. And I don't think any Celtics fan would, would have wanted that. Um, I think, especially with Anthony Davis and only having uh, that one year left on, on his contract. I just, it didn't make any sense um, to give up your whole, uh, or I mean, a lot of your roster for the, for that one player, especially, I think there's multiple reports out there saying that uh, Anthony Davis didn't want to play in Boston. Um even if it was with Kyrie, I mean, you know that Kyrie didn't want to be there either, as it seems, um, looking back on it. But even if it was them, I don't think they that would have gotten them over the hump to beat the Bucs um, or the Raptors in the East that year. And so, honestly, I mean, I'm pretty glad Um for the celtics that that trade didn't happen um but it would have been a really good trade for the um, pelicans i mean honestly the pelicans got a good um haul back for uh for anthony davis anyway um so they got a good trade out of it um and props to them because even it was either them or it was either the lakers or the celtics and they got one of them at least so um good thing for the celtics and honestly it's probably a good thing for the for the lakers too i mean for the pelicans too
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, I I personally think my my thoughts last night were that if the Pelicans were to give up Anthony Davis in a situation like that, they'd probably want Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and some picks or Jason Tatum and some other players, maybe a sign and trade for a guy like Terry Rozier. Who knows? Um, What do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Who do you think the the Celtics would have had to would have had to give up in order to get Anthony Davis, even for just a year?
0: No, that's that's definitely right. Um, you know, I remember I remember hearing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for. Um, Anthony Davis. and I was just like, "Why would you ever do that?" I, w- I honestly wasn't on. I I wasn't on the the bandwagon with you know Jalen Brown. I didn't honestly didn't really think that he would come into his own like he really has this year. Um, I mean, he's really carried the Celtics a lot at times, and I don't think that the Celtics would be in the position right now, um, at the third spot in the East if it wasn't for Jalen Brown. I hated the contract that they gave Jalen Brown at the beginning of the year, but he's really proved me wrong. So, um, and I think um everyone saw or Danny Ainge definitely saw um what Jalen Brown had to offer and that's why he didn't trade him but I mean if it was for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum then the Pelicans really missed out because that would have been a major major blockbuster trade not that Anthony Davis already wasn't involved in the blockbuster trade from LA but I mean I I don't know, I'd much rather have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum than Lonzo and uh, I think it was Josh Hart and... Brandon Ingram. Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. And so, three first-round picks. Yeah. I mean, that's still yeah. a haul, though. So, I mean, either way, the Pelicans did a good job. I think I think right. that's something, too, um, just going off topic real quick, is, is the, the Pelicans have really done a good job in the front office side of things, um, you know, from, from drafting Zion to, um, you know, this blockbuster trade to... But really, I mean, build around Zion really is, is just remarkable, honestly. I think they're really doing a good job. Um, the question I actually have for you is, do you think that Alvin Gentry is the the guy for the job with this young team?
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's a great question. I think this season um, I see no reason to move on from Alvin Gentry, um, especially – the season started off at 6-22, and 22, right? Um, it would have been very easy to mail it in and say, look, Zion, come back next year. We're just going to tank. We're going to get another good pick, and maybe we'll sign back Derek Favors. Maybe we'll still get Brandon Ingram to come back, um, which would be probably wishful think thinking given the season that he was having, he probably could have raked in a a max deal from like from a Cleveland or or a team that hasn't been successful. And is just like, there is somebody good here money. Um, So I I see no reason, you know, if the Pelicans don't end up as at the very least, like the sixth seed next year, um, then I think it's time to say goodbye to Alvin Gentry. You know, as far as guys to bring in to coach the team, Mark Jackson is always a name that gets brought up no matter who is hiring. Um not not a guy that I would I would lean towards. Um my my first thought is championship head coach. Ty Lue is a guy who comes to mind obviously um for a lot of coaching jobs as well, but I mean he's won a championship. Uh he he coached LeBron James and now he could coach the guy who we kind of expect to be the next LeBron James in the NBA, in Zion Williamson, I think that'd be a good hire.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I asked that question just because, you know, I, I don't cover the, the Pelicans like you do. So I just kind of see, you know, spurts of games here and there. But, I mean, I like you said, I, I like what um, he's doing. I think it's different. It'd be different if Zion had played the whole entire year or – um, was healthy for most of the year but I mean he was never really given a fair shot this year I think next year like you say if they're not you know at least in that sixth spot four to six um, is what's I think easily not easily attainable but um, you know sort of optimistic but realistic at the same time for the Pelicans next year so I think if that's not the case then you, you might consider it but you know, I haven't even thought about the Ty Lue situation. I mean, I I think that he's looking for um, another head coaching job too. So we'll see.
1: For sure. And to throw in another point of uh, to that topic of of Gentry still remaining the head coach in New Orleans, Lonzo could uh, he was bred to be an Alvin Gentry point guard. Um, and, and pairing him with Zion, I think uh, this season we've seen. I don't even think it's it's just. The, the truth that this is the best Lonzo we have seen in the NBA. And I think a big part of that isn't just Alvin Gentry. Obviously, it's his system. Obviously, he's playing with guys like Zion. Um, but and he's also been working with the shooting coach in, in New Orleans, and his stroke from three has improved tenfold. But Gentry is a huge part of Lonzo's improvement this year as well. Um, so it'd be tough to say goodbye to a guy like Gentry for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think that's how that's definitely how the the Pelicans front office sees it too. So I think definitely at least, you know, one year, maybe two years, just to give Gentry a, a fair shot at contending uh legitly.
1: Absolutely. So that is today's episode of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. We're joined by Jordan more an awesome pod today good way to review a bit a bit of the season talking about matchups with the celtics as well but before we let you go jordan how do we follow you on social media how can we see some of your work um you said you had a podcast yourself and you're hoping to start back up again here soon
0: yeah definitely i'm i looking to get back into the the podcast have had a couple months off gonna start um doing it again it, it covers all boston sports uh, you can follow me on all forms of social media at Um I'll follow back, uh, and th- thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate it.
1: So there it is, Pels fans. Awesome episode today with Jordan Moore, himself of Fox Sports and Primetime Boston. You heard how you could go follow him on Twitter. Let's see if you can go follow me. It is at Elliot Clough. You can see it right there on the picture of the podcast title. It's Elliot Clough, at E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And if you have any questions, comments about the podcast, want to get your voice on this podcast, just... Hashtag what the pel is up, or you can respond to any of my tweets, or you can just at me out of the blue. This is all about you, the fan, of course, here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. And if you are on Apple Podcasts at the moment, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Do it! Leave a rate and review. The more you do that, the better guests, the better quality content we are going to be getting you here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can check out a plethora of Believe's other podcasts on Believe.com or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. And I've got another article coming at you on Hoops Habit. Fan site Hoops Habit page talking about how the rest of the NBA can follow the Pelicans and Fox Sports New Orleans lead with having GMs, with having players, with having other executives, coaches, ...on these playbacks, these rebroadcasts of games. Hopefully that'll be coming. It's been in uh, been in the lineup the last few days. We'll see if it'll be up and edited on Hoops Habit tomorrow. Otherwise, I will share it and let you know how you can... Give me your thoughts on that article as well. Once again, it was Jordan Moore of Fox Sports Primetime Boston joining us today... Awesome pod. Make sure you go follow Jordan. You can check out his podcast as well on all other platforms that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, Pels fans, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear from you. Just head over to my Twitter. You can respond to any of my tweets or you can hashtag what the Pel is up to get your voice, your opinion, your thoughts here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. And I want that, folks. I want it from you. That's what we're about here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. So once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans.